Hello, my friends. Hello. Uh, it's been a little bit since I broadcast. I am not. I am notorious for not being um, on a regular schedule. I was uh, uh, when I was actually out there in the workforce. It was an ordeal. <laughs> there were notes all over. There were alarms. There, were, <laughs> you know, to get me to work on time. And and because of that, I was. I'm. You know, I developed this thing about being always early. Um, when I'm scheduled for something, I have to be early, or I consider myself late. And maybe it's a, a OCD sort of thing. I don't have a clue, but I can tell you. I'm never late. If I'm late, something major happened, okay? So anyway, that <laughs> that kind of comes from uh, my saying I'm not uh, I, I'm not a regular scheduled sort of person. So my broadcasts, because of that, have sort of been hit and miss. And I was told the other day that uh, if I'm going to be hit and miss with my broadcast, I should make them interesting, which sort of set me back because I'm thinking, well, were, were, were they already not interesting? I have no clue. I just chatter on about whatever is um, interesting me at that given time. So, you know, you guys got to let me know if it's interesting. I'll keep it up. If it's not interesting, I'll shut my face, <laughs> you know. Um, but I will tell you this, with everything going on in the world right now, all the, the tension and the stress and the ugliness and the fear and illness and everything, what can you do? I, you know, I've, I've kind of caught between between wanting to address the issues and do whatever I personally might be able to do to help in some way. On one hand, on the other hand, I want to just put it out of your mind for a few minutes, um, help you to realize that those things are not the only things in this world. Um, I was sitting around last night thinking about this and it dawned on me that we have been through as a people and more recently as a country, we have been through far, far worse than where we are right now. As bad as this is, we have been through far, far worse and we made it. We're here. Those of us who are here today have a 100% survival rate. And you can't beat that, can you? No. 100%, my people. So, even though this is, this is a really bad time, even though it's frightening for many of us, even though it's a very stressful, even though it causes us to make sacrifices we never expected to have to make. We do it anyway because we are brothers and sisters. All of us. Every single one of us. We are part of the same family. And we are united in this. 
okay? We may argue, we may fight, we may fuss, we may, you know, we may never ever agree with our neighbor on some things, but when it comes right down to it, we are one. We are a family. Like I said, we are brothers and sisters and we fight for each other. And you know it's true. When push comes to shove, my friends, we look out for each other. So that's what we have to do now. Okay? Now, that's my bit for trying to ease a little bit of the stress and and address the situation. The rest of this, off the wall. Okay? I found a website. And this website is, I believe it's called Listverse. I won't guarantee that because it's a little hard to uh, uh, navigate at the moment. (laughs) But I found 10 crazy news stories from late last year. Okay. Now, the first one is... Now, I'm reading from this this website, um, Listverse, I believe. And these are not my my words. So, I just want you to understand, I'm reading from this. Uh, This one is called Anachronistic Artillery. Okay? Look up the word anachronistic. (laughs) Learn how to say it. That would help. Anachronistic. If you don't know what that means, look that up uh, in your Friendly Neighborhood Dictionary. Um... It's a a, a real easy uh, definition is something being out of time. Okay. Not out of time as if if your time is up, but out of time as if um, out of this century. That sort of out of time. Okay. But look it up. It's interesting. Okay. Anachronistic artillery. Um, Divers from the Royal Navy. That would be Great Britain had to dispose of a German World War II bomb they found in the wreck of a 17th century warship. Now, for those of you who get confused like I used to when I was a kid, 17th century means the 1600s. Okay? England was bombed heavily during the during the Second World War, and it's not uncommon for intact explosive devices to still be discovered even up to today. The location of this ordin- ordinance, however, took everyone by surprise. Historical divers stumbled on it while they were exploring the shipwrecks of this London of the London, a vessel that sunk in 1665. And it's currently sitting at the bottom of the Thames near the South End Pier in Essex. Okay. They immediately alerted the Navy who discovered that the unexploded device was actually one of the largest pieces of ordnance used by the Luftwaffe. A parachute ground mine which contained almost 700 kilograms, which is... uh, just over 1,500 pounds of hexamite or the equivalent of 1,690 pounds of TNT. Unexploded. Now, disposing of this bomb safely proved to be a challenge considering there was zero visibility and a powerful tidal flow to deal with. So an eight-man team of Royal Navy divers took 27 hours and 20 dives to tow the mine and detonate it at a disposal 
a site in Schubernus. And I probably didn't pronounce that little place right, but you get my drift, okay? So there you go. The next one, that was number 10. Number nine, called a wrong turn to victory. <coughs> Pardon me. Okay, a nine-year-old boy accidentally took part in a race for adults and won the entire thing, okay? On that particular weekend, the Francis Flanny Flyer event took place in Sartella, Minnesota. It's a 10-kilometer, which is 6.2 miles, a 10-kilometer a race with a separate 5-kilometer uh, circuit for children that join up at the halfway point. Fourth grader Cade Lovell from St. Cloud, Minnesota loves to run and has set the record for the 5K event in his age group the year before. Now, understandably, his mother was expecting him to win or at least be at the front of the pack. So when all the young racers started finishing and Cade wasn't there, she got worried, of course. So what if he got lost or injured or maybe even kidnapped? You know, these days, parents worry about that sort of thing. As it turned out, Cade was fine. He not only finished the race, but he took a wrong turn and ended up in the adult rally. According to him, a lady told him keep going straight, so he did. He ended up winning the adult race with a time of 48 minutes, a whole minute faster than second place. And there you go. Of course, if you ask me, every person under the age of 30 can run faster than me, okay? I have a granddaughter who is not yet two years old, and uh, she took me on a, on a run yesterday. Let me just say, it's probably the first time I have run in years, and I was surprised I remembered how. But I did. Okay. <laughs> okay, number eight is called Nigel Knight. It was a celebration of everything Nigel. That's a name for those uninformed. Um, a celebration of everything Nigel at a pub in Worcestershire, England, where there was a Nigel Knight party in honor of the quintessentially British name, which is quickly declining in popularity. Now, records show that only eight Nigels were born in England and Wales in 2018. This shocked Nigel Smith, owner of the Fleece Inn, who decided that he wanted to do something to celebrate the dying breed of Nigels. So he hosted a party on this particular Saturday where 432 Nigels showed up, ranging in age from seven months to 80 years. They came from far and wide, including Australia, New Zealand, California, and Texas. The event grew so large, there wasn't enough room in Smith's pub, and he had to set up a marquee tent outside. Other people were also allowed to attend, despite their lack of Nigelness. And the night's entertainment included a comedian and two singers called Nigel, a special a special brew named Nige Ale <clears throat> and an emotional moment where a woman proposed to her Nigel on stage. There you go. So if you're Nigel, good on you. Number seven, for your viewing pleasure. Okay. Hackers have been busy 
this particular weekend, which like I said was late last year, breaking into devices to show porn in places where you don't usually see porn. We have not one, but two cases in different parts of the world, one in New Zealand, the other in the United States. First, there was a flagship store for a sports company in Auckland, New Zealand. The shop has outdoor screens above the entrance that normally play promotional videos. However, on this particular Saturday night, someone gained access and played pornography on them for nine hours until staff arrived the next morning. According to a security officer, some people were shocked and offended while others simply stopped and watched for a while before moving on. A similar thing happened in Auburn Hills, Michigan, except the raunchy content was displayed on an electronic billboard for motorists traveling along Interstate 75 to enjoy. Unfortunately, this adult entertainment only lasted for 30 minutes before it was taken down. Police have footage of two hooded men breaking into a small on-site building where the laptop connected to the billboard was stored. Oh my goodness. I can only tell you that had I been driving down the road, looked up, and seen pornography, I doubt I would have I, I, well, I might not have remained on the road, either from shock or laughing, right? Who's to say, right? Okay, number six, Concert Down Under the Sea. The rock band Kiss, who are awesome, by the way, just personal opinion, will play one of the strangest concerts in history and it will take place under the sea to a small audience in a submarine surrounded by great white sharks. Now this is late last year so it's already taken place. Uh, Assumed that it's already. On November the 18th of last year the music group and the fans were to travel in separate boats to a popular shark spot off the coast of southern Australia. Now while Kiss would stay aboard their ship and would play above sea level, the fans would be placed inside a viewing sub and taken to an area known for heavy shark activity. Underwater speakers would allow both humans and fish to hear the music. This bizarre event was a promotion part of, uh, let's see, Airbnb's Animal Experiences campaign where people entertain animals instead of the other way around. Because room on the sub- submarine was limited, only eight human fans would get to enjoy it. And surprisingly, tickets for this were only $50 and dispensed on a first-come, first-served basis uh, in the middle of October of last year. Okay. I don't get it. I love Kiss. Always have. But maybe I'm getting old or something. But just didn't make sense to me I you know I okay we're gonna rock and roll all night and party all day I don't know number five the crown returns to its rightful place Arthur Brand the Indiana Jones of the art world was in the news again after being hidden away for over two decades A priceless Ethiopian crown was set to return to its rightful home. Sirak Asfau is a native Ethiopian 
who relocated to Rotterdam, Netherlands during the 1970s, fleeing a violent repression campaign known as the Red Terror. Over the following decades, he'd hosted many Ethiopians who passed through Rotterdam, ranging from refugees to diplomats. In 1998, one of his guests left behind a suitcase that contained something incredible. It was a crown, commissioned hundreds of years before by a warlord named Valdi Selassie and donated to an Ethiopian church. Only one of 20, the gilded copper crown was considered one of the country's most valuable religious artifacts. Obviously, Sirach's guest tried to retrieve it, but Asfal refused to give it back, knowing it was stolen. He then hid it for 21 years, keeping it safe from thieves and previous Ethiopian regimes he didn't trust to safeguard the relic. Now, with a new prime minister in charge, Sirach felt that perhaps the country was finally led by someone who would look after this artifact. So at the same time, he had a separate problem as he feared the Dutch government might also want to keep the crown. Sirach contracted Arthur, contacted uh, Arthur Brand, who advised him to return it soon before both him and the crown disappeared. That sounds ominous, doesn't it? The duo decided the best move was to go public. The artifact was presently in a secret, secure location waiting for arrangements to be made to return it to Ethiopia. You know, that reminds me of many, many art and religious artifacts that were, uh, uh, shall we say, purloined during World War II. That's also something to look up. That's a more serious thing. So, you know, for that, we won't we won't go there because <laughs> I am I am not in a negative mood. Let's just leave it there. OK, number four is called the brain shrinking fungus. Did I just say, you know, good news and, and happy stuff and, and, and oh, OK, we might be headed down the down the rabbit hole here, but I'm going ahead. The brain shrinking fungus. Australia just became a little more dangerous. Now, as a side note, I keep seeing things that call Australia the land where everything wants to kill you. Now, I've always dreamed of going to Australia. Um, I still do. And I know that that statement is based on a very interesting uh, collection of creatures and plants and things. However, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. So there you go. Anyway, it just became a little more dangerous, apparently. For the first time ever, one of the most toxic fungi in the world was found there, thousands of kilometers away from its native habitat in the mountains of Japan and Korea. Now, the fungus is known as the poison fire coral. It's a br and I can tell you from the picture here, it's a bright, bright orange. It reminds me of um, upside down carrots, to be perfectly honest, all in a cluster. Just picture that. It was located in a suburb of Cairns. This is in Australia, don't forget. Some experts believe that it spread due to spores being carried by wind thousands of years ago. This method also led to rare sightings in other unexpected places, such as China and Papua New Guinea. 
It could have gone undetected all this time because there aren't a lot of mushroom hunters in Australia. As to the potency of the poison fire coral, this is the only known fungus in the world whose toxins can be absorbed through the skin. Therefore, just touching it can cause inflammation. If consumed, it brings on other symptoms. Okay, forgive me such as vomiting, fever, and numbness, and requires immediate medical attention. If left untreated, this fungus can cause multiple organ failure, and most notably, it shrinks your brain, leading to death. Fatalities have been reported in Japan, in Korea, because people mistook the poison fire coral for other mushrooms used in traditional medicine and used it to brew tea. My only response would be, I'm glad I really, really don't like mushrooms. Okay, there you go. Number three, that's no meteor. Scientists have concluded that the mysterious flaming object, which lit up the skies of Chile last October, October of 2019, before crash landing was not a meteorite. Several days before people observed a fireball over the island of Chiloe, um, forgive me if that's wrong, which then smashed into the ground and started several small fires. Initial thoughts said the object was most likely a space rock which survived entry into our atmosphere. However, officials from Chile's National Service of Geology and Mining investigated seven areas where fires occurred and found no traces of meteorite. That means that at the moment this phenomenon is classified as a UFO. However, before anyone starts thinking aliens or extraterrestrials, they should know that the object was probably man-made. Specifically, it was likely a piece of debris from an old satellite or other kind of space junk. It is rare for them to crash in populated areas, but not unheard of. Chilean geologists say they have taken soil samples from the regions where the object landed and will conduct a thorough analysis to see what kinds of metals they find. Results were pending at that time. When in doubt, in my opinion, my friends, always choose extraterrestrial. It's much more fun. Number two, no more bull. Okay, something disturbing is happening in Oregon as there have been several instances of bizarre cattle mutilations. It all started in July of last year with one dead heifer bull. There were no signs that it had been attacked by animals or shot or that it had, had eaten something poisonous, and yet it had been completely drained of blood and had its tongue and sex organs removed. Over the following days, four more bulls were found in the same condition, all within a mile and a half radius, and all belonging to the Sylvie's Valley Ranch. Since then, the Sheriff's Department has been inundated with tips and theories on who or what is responsible for these actions, which are very reminiscent of the cattle mutilation cases of the 1970s. 
most sensible answer says that the unusual condition of the bulls is caused by a combination of scavengers and natural decomposition. The animals dropped dead of natural causes and were predated by carrion birds and bugs who prefer to eat soft tissue. Since the bulls belong to the same ranch, it is also possible that someone killed the animals to hurt the ranchers financially. Colby Marshall, vice president of the Silvies Valley Ranch, blames the bizarre deaths on a cult. He believes the animals were tranquilized, bled out surgically, and the missing parts cut with a knife or a scalpel. His beliefs are echoed by Dan Jenkins, the sheriff's deputy who is leading the investigation. And of course, like in all cases involving something slightly mysterious like this, some people believe it was aliens. Yes, extraterrestrials. I'm telling you. <laughs> all right. Number one on our list of 10, new finds on Enceladus. I am pronouncing that my own way, so if that's wrong, you'll just have to sue me. NASA scientists have found new kinds of organic compounds in the icy plumes that erupt from Enceladus. This is a moon of Saturn. And it has a massive subsurface ocean, which also contains powerful hydrothermal vents like the ones on Earth's ocean floor. These vents can sometimes cause eruptions, which send into space a mix of water vapor, ice grains, and core material. When the Cassini spacecraft did a flyby of Enceladus, it gathered invaluable data which has revealed to us for the first time that the moon has organic compounds used to produce amino acids, the so-called building blocks of life. The mission might have ended uh, more than two years ago, but there is still enough inform new information to keep researchers busy for decades. So just to be clear, this does not mean scientists have found life on Enceladus or even something that implies life. Rather, as lead researcher Nozer Kawaja put it, this finding is an important piece of the puzzle in the search for life outside our world since, at least on Earth, these compounds are an indispensable part for even the most primitive forms of life. What do you think? What do you think? Life on Enceladus. Now, I pronounce it that this I pronounce it that way because I've never heard it pronounced. That brings up a whole different kettle of fish, doesn't it? Think words that you've never heard pronounced out loud. Anyway, I get I'm easily distracted. Can you know can you tell? Um I'm finding a lot of interesting um, um, uh, websites for uh, crazy stuff like this, uh, like uh, Bizarre Tales from the First Modern Olympics or people who are famous for being hilariously terrible at their jobs. So I will search for more nonsense, more craziness. It may 
be um, uh, uh, organically interesting or it may be extraterrestrially interesting. You never know, but this is what we had for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I, I, for one, enjoy anything that takes me away from the craziness in this world because if you dwell on that craziness, you're going to be so stressed out that you're going to make yourself ill, okay? You might want to, first thing in the morning or somewhere during your morning, kind of check in with the news. Make sure that we're still here. Make sure that, you know, you haven't landed on on an alternate planet somewhere. And then turn it off and go do something else. Go for a walk. Um, Go create something. Draw a picture. uh, Shine your shoes. Make your bed. Um, run the vacuum cleaner. That's, that's, on second thought, don't do that. That's, that's too much like work. Do something fun. At least for an hour. At least for an hour. Do your just basic things in your household and take yourself away from the news. Take yourself away from Facebook. Take yourself away from the internet because all you're going to get there is people's opinions, people's efforts at making you crazy. Yes, there are horrible things going on in this world, and yes, we have to be aware, and yes, we have to stand up for what is right, and we will. But in the meantime, we have to take care of ourselves. So, with that in mind, my friends, be kind. It's very, very simple. Just be kind to each other. I love you all. I hope you have a very good day. Take care. Bye-bye.